0: Hello everybody, we are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League Podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in O-W-L and at Believe.com.
1: This week we break down the 5th anniversary event and what's coming for the June job.
0: hello hello everybody it is wednesday my dudes which means kevin and i are recording a new episode of the believe in overwatch league podcast which you are listening to probably on a thursday if you listen to it when i finally eventually upload them after editing um <laughs> how have you been kevin how is your week off of actually having to watch overwatch stuff been?
1: um i've been participating in other gaming activities uh, i guess you could say other gaming activities what y- I- yes so um I found out that arcades are opening again close to me. So, oh, for real? Yeah, but they they have limited hours compared to like what they used to have, but that's fine. I mean, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. is still plenty of time for me. Oh, um, no, only 12 hours? Only 12 hours. It used to be like 10 a.m. to like 2 in the morning. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I feel bad for those workers, but... I, I, mean, was I, like, I
0: hope they take shifts.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not like one person's going to... You know, man, that whole thing, but it was pretty, it was pretty fun. Um, limited capacity still, which is nice. Um, most of the games are pretty open for me. Um, but one of my guilty pleasures is the, um, the mini basketball hoops. Um, before quarantine, I used to be able to rack up like 80, 85 every session, which is kind wow. of insane. Um, it, it's something that like, I used to be very sharp and now that I'm fat and slow um I could barely hit like 70 75 and oh
0: poor Kevin
1: you can't Oh poor Kevin <laughs> well, 80 I can't put in an extra 5 balls in in 60 seconds but yeah it was just like it was cool to be in there again um like all the games were sanitized there's a lot of uh, there's a person going around with a, with a squirt bottle and and a towel for like every machine that has been played. Um, A lot of the patrons who are there usually bring their own towel, which is really nice. Um, It's not like a gym or anything, but like if you play DDR, then yeah, you bring your own towel and stuff like that. But Sweaty, sweaty people. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, And I'm glad that we're opening up. I'm still putting on, you know, your mask and everything. They have hand sanitizer everywhere. So they're just very cautious about the whole opening thing. but yeah, I've been I've been there twice over the course of uh, I think three days. <laughs> I I went Monday because my mom wanted to go to the mall, and I went on Saturday because I went to go get dinner. So uh-huh. uh, it's like I I want to I want to go back there. It's more of like a a comfort thing for me. Um, but yeah, it was. It's it's kind of cool to see things opening up again, but I'm glad that we're being safe about it. Yeah. So how full does it get when you're there? Um, so I was there at what I would consider prime time, which is like seven, eight PM. Okay. Um, usually around there. Uh there's a lot of couples. Uh mm-hmm. does not help with me trying to pick up people. I'm not out <laughs> there like trying to hit people up on the crane games, okay? Um, but I can like, win you a prize. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> i'm only out here for the tickets okay i'm out here on the on the mini hoops and i went to the you know i go to the ticket redemption that's where like i go and get my prize um but yeah it was it was relatively busy i would say that there was probably like 50 or so people in there um you have to consider there's for round ones there's like bowling alleys there is karaoke rooms there i don't know if karaoke rooms are open um it would that, not that just seems <laughs> Yeah, that's probably a no-go. Um we have that we have the whole um like the arcade floor is pretty wide. So uh-huh. I I think it's okay for people to be there, but yeah, their maximum capacity is 100 and I think there was like tops like 50. So Okay, it, okay, okay. It's relatively safe for now. Um but yeah, if, if anybody who who knows me wants to go and hang out for a bit, I I'm down to down to do that. Uh, how about you matt how was how was your week um
0: and is there is there anything new that you've been playing i have not been playing anything new i'm just debating i'm going back and forth whether i want to get village yet or just wait till it's on sale um just to you know just despite the director of of whatever game it was it's like oh you should buy every game that you get at full price i can't afford that my bro i'm poor um so i've been debating on whether or not to get big mommy dracula at full price or not um but aside from that i have not had much time to play because i'm finally catching up on work for finding founders i am like two weeks behind because people don't turn things into be on time um but you in, in a more fun or not fun anymore it's not fun because we can't have nice things but like um I'm sure y'all have seen, have heard me talk about Pokemon cards and how my siblings and I are now on the hunt, just like, we don't really care about, I mean, my sister kind of cares about the value. She'll look up like every, the price of every um, holographic card she finds just to like, Oh my God, I have this card that's worth this much. Um, But so uh, in Cal or not California, it was in, I think Wisconsin, um, so there's a, a retail store here in the US that's called Target and they would sell Pokemon cards. They'd restock on like Friday mornings and then so apparently people would be like there at 8 a.m. on Fridays to make sure they get their Pokemon cards and get their fix. So apparently in Wisconsin this happened and there were people getting their Pokemon cards and some guys approached some dude In the parking lot to try to steal the pokemon cards he just bought and he pulled a gun on them so now target's like oh shit, we can't have pokemon cards anymore so too bad and so now target doesn't have any walmart's out here i'm sure even if you're not in the us i'm sure you know what a walmart is Um, it's like the stereotypical american big box retailer Um, but walmart like has not been able to get them in stock for the longest time so uh you're you're stuck going to like game stores which sell the pokemon cards but they sell them usually at like collector price not at retail price um so you, you have to pay a little bit more there or you can be like me and my siblings who drive around town and then get told hey you should go swap meet to find them and kevin guess what the problem with going to the swap meet to find them is
1: and they're probably not as big it's probably some dude in a parking lot with a with his trunk open,
0: I wish that were the only problem. So, like, we we went to see if we could find like the tins or the packs or whatever, right? Because we wanted to like mm-hmm. have the fun experience of like just buying. Like, we we expected people to be selling like their old collections, but we wanted like to pull it straight from a pack to get a card we wanted. Um, and so we found like people. Initially, we went because my sister's birthday is coming up, and she wants she, her favorite Pokemon's Espion. So. My brother was going to get her like an espion card for her birthday. Anyway, like we go there and we find like these binders full of like holographic cards and they're like five bucks each, which I mean should have been a warning sign for us. But it's like we're figuring that like, oh, they're probably just like trying to get rid of their collection and try to make a buck off it. Um, when honestly, if they'd sold them on like eBay or something, you could get a significant amount more for these cards. Um, And then we eventually found a woman who was selling them for a dollar, this really old woman. And we figured like, oh, she's probably just getting rid of her, um, the cards that like her grandkids had. And then she had some unopened packs. So we bought some, a few of them turns out all of them are fake. And so we were like, oh my God, we just wasted money here. And so that was, that was the most eventful part of our weekend getting scammed by people at the, uh, the swap meet. (laughs) because we're desperate for pokemon cards.
1: It, it's fine. It'd it be like that sometimes. Uh it it's kind of hard to like spot them if you haven't like felt the cards themselves. Right, exactly. Um and yeah, I I learned that quite at a young age. I'm like, yeah, if this is not a certain price, like it it don't feel right or like the cards look so jank. And I have like a collection of like fake cards and it's really funny to look at um but yeah it's it's scary out there
0: i feel like we should have known by the fact that they were only a dollar for pokemon cards and like there's there's a scarcity right now so like you really could be selling them for much higher um if they were legitimate but i guess they get away with it by saying oh they're only a (laughs) dollar um yeah this is why we can't have nice things um, and like the fact it's gotten to the point where it's so bad, that like you have to pull a gun to, to defend yourself against people trying to steal your Pokemon cards. I mean, like on one hand, like I'm glad he was able to defend himself, but on the other hand, the fact that you have to bring a goddamn gun with you as like means, you, you know, your trouble was going to happen and you were like fully prepared to shoot somebody. So, eh, eh. Not sure how I feel about this. People like just just be nice to each other. Yeah,
1: it, it's not safe at all to to try to take obviously a a pack of cards from somebody. It nobody. It's not worth dying over cards. It's not worth going to jail for cards. Okay, like I get it. Like some of them are like eight hundred or whatever. But like you go in there and buy your own packs. So <laughs> you'll, yeah. you'll have to kill me for it.
0: It was so funny because like we were so excited and like we found these really cool holographics and my sister was like looking them up as we were there. And the fact that like, again, we still didn't put two and two together. We we looked them up and then she found some that were like, if they were real would have been like 300 a piece. And she was like so excited. And she's like, this is like, I'm so happy. And like, we had a lot of fun just like going around and looking at stuff. She's like, I'm so happy. Like there's nothing that could ruin this day. Because she got a lot of cards she wanted. And then we opened up the packs and like we could instantly tell, okay, something's wrong. Cause they're like very waxy and shiny. They're not as big as like the normal card should be. They're supposed to be 10 in a pack plus an energy, plus like the um the online code thing. Mm-hmm. There was there were only nine cards in the pack. So it's like, okay, we were scammed. <laughs> we were scammed. <laughs> Anyway, so let's get into to newsy things. Um, Kevin, I feel like this was a more of a topic for for you to like give insight on because you're in, into Twitch and things. But like, mm-hmm. I think we tried talking about this one time, but we cut it for time. But like, hot tub meta on on Twitch for yes. for the rest of the non Twitchy people, please explain. Okay,
1: so uh, the hot tub meta is currently a trend where. Uh, female streamers will get essentially in a hot tub and then just stream to, like, just chatting, right? Um, but, yeah, that, that's the main premise of it. Um, and it's gotten into a lot of gray area over the course of, you know, uh, over the course of time and in the Twitch TOS, um, which is Terms of Service for, for everyone. Um, whether hot tub streams are by nature, a sexual thing. Um, if the focus is not necessarily on their content, but rather their, their image and the way how they display themselves, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's been really interesting to see how Twitch has been, uh, I guess. How, how can I say it? It's like how they've been addressing the hot tub meta.
0: What is the, the general feeling among like non-hot tub streamers? So it it's kind of got it's got a lot of people split
1: because uh-huh. like on one one hand, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, it's the it's the viewers' fault for thinking that this is sexual or whatever. Um, but on the other hand, there's a lot of people who are like, Yeah, this is like softcore born, like <laughs> yeah nothing's really going on here but like you are showing like a lot and putting it out on display um and it's not like you're overt like you're not trying to like cover it up it's not like you're oh you happen to be in a hot tub it's like oh i'm in a hot tub i'm i'm in a bikini Ooh that's that's hot ish with a question mark um so yeah that was that was something and then as a joke um the the group. Uh, offline TV who consists of a lot of really big streamers um, for Pokimane's birthday they did a hot tub stream where they all got in a hot tub and they're like oh look at us we're following the meta and it was really funny because it's just like a bunch of just a bunch of normal people in a hot tub and that one's fine and then she like put
0: on a shirt over it right to like, yeah, she, protect, she had a, shirt. To like a fake bikini shirt just to like fool yeah. everybody
1: so they were kind of poking fun at it but their stream actually had like games and content that went with it. So, um I had a lot of fun watching that one, but there's been a lot of, you know, debate about this kind of stream.
0: Mm-hmm. So the main reason why this is news now is cuz there's been an update to how Twitch is uh operating this and the based on the Kotaku article, this was a, a an interview with caitlin Amaranth Siragusa who like if you've been on the internet, she's very big. Because she does like cosplays and lewds and, and whatnot. Um, but she was a, a hot tub streamer. And apparently, they've the way Twitch has done this to try to get around the hot tub meta, to try to break it, um, is they've stopped allowing monetization of ads on these kinds of streams. So um, I think she said that she was making like $1,000 a day or, or something like that based on just ads alone. And now she's not making anything so uh, and i think based on on the conversation that she had in the article it seemed like it was kind of out of the blue wasn't something that twitch really announced they just kind of these streamers woke up one day and they're not making any kind of monetization anymore which i mean on one hand if this is your your one way of of earning a living like yikes this is really rough for you but I I don't know how I feel about hot tub meta. I really don't. Because on one hand, it's like, yeah, you you go empowerment and like you're just using the platforms provided to you. But on the other hand, it's like eh, I feel like there could be more constructive uses of your time. This feels like it's like exploitative, but then again, it's you doing it yourself, and like I, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm I'm not a streamer. I'm not a woman, so I don't feel like I'm in a place to judge. I just think that like it is taking away from people who are trying to use Twitch in in a more like as it was intended, shall we Mm -hmm. say?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a it's a weird gray area, Um, and I understand where a lot of other streamers are coming from, where they're saying like um, this this should be fine. It's it's still technically within terms of service. but it, it's that it's the other half where it's still like, well, I can't do this on a regular basis, right? Like mm-hmm. other other streamers like, OK, another thing is like guys can't be on stream without a shirt on. OK, uh, that was that was something that was brought up in TOS a while ago. Um, not that it ever applied to me. I always streamed <laughs> with a shirt on, but there was like, I remember one guy. You mean you uh, didn't have
0: hot Kevin Summer?
1: No, I did not. I've I've never had hot Kevin Summer. Um, my abs have been hibernating since uh birth. Uh, so I guess that's the way to put it. But yeah, I remember like back in the day there was one Dota 2 streamer who I used to follow who would always play with a shirt off. And it was just something he was comfortable with. And um he, he did really well. And then the second that Twitch said, Oh, you have to game with your your shirt on, he's just like well, I'm gonna try to find a way around it. So he started he, he did no cam for a while and then he came back and then only had like a crop top and then they, they they hit him with they hit him with a like a suspension because they're like, Oh, that's lewd. And he's like, dude, like I'm I'm wearing like a bikini out here. I was just I was just a thing. Um but yeah, it was really funny um to kind of know where that is. But for the most part, I don't know what Twitch wants to do with this. I understand mm-hmm. that they don't want you know, Twitch to become the next like only fans or like, you know, like live cam Twitch site. fans, uh, which would be kind of, it would be kind of sad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Twitch was mainly made for, you know, gamers and allowing people of that kind to kind of express themselves and show off their uh, show off what they can do. So uh, I'm really glad that like, they're kind of cracking down on it. I don't know if this is the right way of like um trying to get these people off the platform. Um but if it forces them to change their like approach to the platform, like let's just say if it's no longer like the hot tub meta. I remember that there was the the workout meta too, like a while ago too where it's just like, "Oh, if I get a sub, I'll do a squat on stream." And people are like, "Okay, that's Uh, (laughs) can't do that. Um, but yeah, it's just it. It's been kind of weird. It it was like squats, push ups, like sit. I don't know. It was it was a very weird time. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what this leads to, and if this actually does, like, hurt hot tub streamers in the long run because they still get a lot of donations and subs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's just like.
0: Um, it's ad revenue they're not getting
1: yeah it's a little bit of ad revenue that they're not getting they're not getting twitch ad revenue from their streams so Mm -hmm. that's that's a
0: little harder on them one criticism that i did see of of policing this is um that by by removing it you force people to go into like different less safe platforms like instead of like I haven't seen any of of these streams, so I wouldn't know kind of what goes on in them. Besides, like, like, okay, Kevin, describe like what they do on these streams, because it, it, I get just I lay down and talk. That's uh, it. That's pretty
1: much it. Um, I, I, I'll just, I'll for research, I will go into just chatting and I'll find one. Um, let's see. While okay, you're there, we go. It's
0: like, oh, you already found one. Yep. Uh, top five. That was so fast. This one that was in real street. time. Uh but yeah,
1: I don't I I I don't know. Okay, wait, but this one's an actual like uh PH star. Oh All right, let's go a little bit oh. further down. But this one is not okay. There we go. Something. I don't do this often. Please don't judge me. It's taking me a while. It's for
0: research. It's for
1: research. Um. The, the one thing that I have trouble like justifying is like if you have like a hot tub stream, how are you gaming? <laughs> like
0: what you have a waterproof computer in
1: the water. That's my exactly. Like, I don't want to see a live electrocution, man. I don't want to see you make toast in your
0: uh,
1: in your thing i mean the the question then becomes is like what if you just took the two most popular things on twitch and morphed them together and now you have a now you have a vtuber who's in a hot tub and you just call that a day like (laughs) is that is that the way to go do i just have to create a vtuber that's in a hot tub like
0: (laughs) i'm uh i will do it (laughs) so like what i was saying was like the, the one of the criticisms is that like since it's technically like i guess a milder thing like you force people who are, are doing this onto different platforms like say only fans or like to camming websites where they maybe they don't necessarily fit in and they wouldn't be able to compete with people who are actually like going full monty on there um so for them like this is a uh a slightly like more acceptable way, I guess you could say to do that. It's, it's more s- safe for work in a way uh, compared to the other ones. Cause like you can say I'm a Twitch streamer and never have to really go into it. Yeah.
1: But it, it is kind of, it's kind of weird though. Like I feel like honestly, like Twitch is not the best place to, to start this kind of stuff. Like, you could probably get more out of, you know, uh, out of being on OnlyFans than, than this, because I, <laughs> I don't want to bring this in, but, like, Twitch does not have... Uh, how can I say it? Does not have searchable material. So, like, if you're out there and you're live, right, and you, you get a bunch of people watching your videos, but, like, afterwards, if you're not live... It's not like getting more viewers as it sits there, you know, uh-huh. um, that that's where OnlyFans and like uh, I, I, YouTube technically has that as well. Um, but like a lot of other sites have more retention in that factor than Twitch.
0: And I mean, um, like I have friends who do OnlyFans who are just like, oh, this is my OnlyFans where I do my cosplay. It doesn't have to be like, yeah, an adult thing. You know, but um, yeah, that's the
1: one thing that I'm confused about. Is the hot tub stream only there for, um, for the live chat aspect of it, um, which OnlyFans does not. I don't think has that. I, I'm not on there, um, but yeah, it it's more of like a building a community thing in there at the
0: moment. So I don't know. So do do you think that this is going to be an effective way to? To end the hot tub meta, or, or what? Because I know, is it and is it going to hurt Twitch in the long run? Because I remember when Tumblr announced that like they were going to stop doing NSFW stuff, uh, the internet, like and like generally flocked away from there. Um, a lot of people complained that it would just it took away a lot of their potential to make money and hurt their livelihoods. Um, and I don't know. I don't really see. The only twitter posts or not twitter the only tumblr posts that i see now are stuff that's been like shared for years it's just like stuff that resurfaces so um is this a a smart move do you think for twitch um it, it's kind of a it's
1: a toss-up still i don't know if it's necessarily the greatest move um because i understand their thought of like we want to make our viewers like as clean as possible. Like we don't we don't need NSFW material to be great. Um, mm. But at the same time, it's like. That is what's bringing people in, which which is not great to say either. Uh, and it also no, like just too horny. Yeah, it just uh, we got to stop. Well, like they banned the word simp, but yeah, we can't simp and white knight as much as uh, we, which gives, gives to. So, um, yeah, we need a, we need a way to, to kind of curb this. So we don't want it. We don't want every stream to become a hot tub stream. Right. Um, but we do want, ready. I, uh, I saw <laughs> it's It's not ready. The water's not treated, uh, but yeah, it's not a, it's not a thing. Like I can't, see this becoming a very popular thing um, more than it already is. Um, But at the same time, I don't want it to become like something that is a staple. Like you can't stream on Twitch unless you have a hot tub Mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, But yeah, I feel like it's really, I I feel like it's going to take Twitch time to, if they are going to do something about this, it's going to be clearly written out in the terms of service or in the community guidelines. It's going to be something that they'll have uh for themselves later. So, we'll definitely have to see uh what happens
0: with that. Is there any <laughs> Is there anything that could possibly make you do a hot tub stream, Kevin? Hmm. Uh yeah, uh, a hot tub. Uh <laughs> If, so, if think- one of your subscribers just bought you a hot tub and says, "Go stream in it now."
1: Do like I feel like the the counter to that is like the fat guy in the kiddie pool. Like that is what you're gonna get if you want me to do this. Uh I'll I'll do it if I if I hit partner on Twitch. Uh I will sit in a kiddie pool in my backyard and die from allergies. That'll that'll be the whole stream. Uh it will All it will be anticlimactic. Streams. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be a That's pretty the, stream.
0: Uh allergy
1: streams allergy stream just like me outside for two hours dying from allergies Uh <laughs> if, if that's what you want if that's what if that's what people are into getting sneezed on then yeah I guess I guess I could provide that level of content for you Kevin's sneeze stream yeah it comes with like a whenever whenever somebody subs it like it hits a spray bottle and it <laughs> sneezes uh as a sub-alert, I would I would do that. It would it would be gross, but it just
0: it like puts pepper under your nose and makes you sneeze.
1: <laughs> it exposes me to the outside world.
0: <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, speaking of controversy, uh, we have a little bit of a resolution into the sad saga of Jay Sinatra Wan. Back when this first came out, we covered it. Um he was accused of sexually assaulting his, uh, his girlfriend at the time. Um, now he has been, he was kind of placed on leave. There has been a, an investigation into it. Um, and now he has been hit with a six month suspension that will last until September 10th and requires him to participate in professional conduct training before he can go back to competing. Um, um, they're, they didn't, the investigation didn't really find anything conclusive. Um, Riot issued a ruling stating that Juan did not fully cooperate with the investigation. So that's, that in itself is a little suspicious. Um, they didn't come to a definitive conclusion, I'm guessing because of that. So uh, here's, here's the official statement from uh, the competitive operations team from Riot. Um, While the investigation did not come to a definitive conclusion on the underlying allegations, the competitive operations team had serious concerns with Sinatra's conduct during the course of the investigation. It was determined that on at least two occasions, Sinatra misrepresented certain facts, made false statements, and did not cooperate with the investigation in a way expected of a professional Valorant esports player. So, um riot said that they at this juncture we will defer to the authorities to make further investigation into and factual findings related to the allegations um and here is sinatra's statement on this i've spent the last two months reflecting on how i can be better as a person i've been a pro player for basically all my adult life and still have a lot to improve on I've been reflecting a ton during the downtime and I know how much I hurt Cleo emotionally and I'm truly sorry about it. I will learn from my mistakes and keep on trying to improve myself as a person. There's a lot to unpack here. There's there's a bit to unpack. Um I hate his apology and exp- it's not even it's it's a semi apology even.
1: I hate it. the The way how Sinatra Sinatra's apologies have been like really whack, <laughs> I mean, for a lack of a better term. Um, That's it, it's mildly. just, uh, yeah it it's not like full. It's not really reflective of him. I'm glad that like Riot is taking a stance, but I think six months is actually too short. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say ban him for a year. Um, give him like a lot of time to really think about this like um and what that'll do if anything like um it will force him to clean up you you have already said that he has to take certain courses in order to you know get back into whatever else he wants to do um but yeah i don't know how well this will play into um the rest of his career Uh because this is it's one thing to have like um like a somewhat okay player show up and end up becoming like you know oh he's under investigation he's gone like if you want to bring up unfortunately the the multiple incidences that we've had over the course of uh the overwatch league itself um but those weren't like your mvp Mm -hmm. this was like having your mvp or having somebody of that high stature, like, have this kind of thing um, against them. You, you kind of want them to clean up and prove that they can change. Um, right. We know that Sinatra is de- capable of change. We've seen it. Um, like, if you want to go to his, like, before Overwatch days, where he was, like, a toxic 15-year-old in his, uh, in his mom's, or, like, you know, living with his parents and just, like, screaming and yelling at people um he's changed from that for sure so he's definitely has the capability to change but i think six months is still too light i feel like it should be a lot longer and um we'll see if this affects the way how he's gonna get um if he's gonna get signed back into a team at any time um or if he has to um you know, do something else. Uh, if we go ahead and see,
0: you know, Sinatra at your local Burger King or something <laughs> like that. You never know. I mean, see, for me, what I hate about his apology is he—he's using. He's not even taking accountability. He's saying, "Oh, I've been up an esports player my entire life." <laughs> it's like, what does that have to do with anything? That so you're just saying that like, you're a shitty person who happens to be an esports player, and that's supposed to excuse it? I'm sorry, no. Um. And I I don't think I think when we talked about this before like this doesn't um, I don't know if this hits the level of of like a felony I I think like based upon like the the, the conversations that Cléo had with the police like she's not pursuing like criminal charges against him or something of the fact but like I think if he if he gets go if he ends up going to prison for this I think he's done but even if he doesn't like as the Valorant team, are you going to play him again? Considering all of the controversy surrounding this kid and that like, and to another thing, like he's not cooperating with the investigation. So that's a huge red flag that I think it, it more, it doesn't, it doesn't definitively prove that he did stuff, but it certainly to the public doesn't look good. It's kind of a weird balance that we have going on here.
1: Um, I really don't want I don't want this to become something that's absolutely terrible on, on Sinatra. We know that he has like everyone has the potential to change. Yeah. But at the same time, like you did what you did and you have to face the consequences. So we'll see where he ends up and if this does affect his esports career moving
0: moving forward. Do you think that the team will will play him after the six months?
1: So the team that he was initially signed to was the Sentinels, and yeah. honestly, they don't need him anymore. Um, <laughs> they have this amazing—they have this amazing kid named Tens. He's—he's he's great. Um, and yeah, it he, he just vibed with the team really well, and I don't see any other reason why they would bring back Sinatra into that lineup, um, because, I mean, they—they're already doing amazing things without him, so. <laughs> Um, if he does come back, I feel like it would be really interesting to see what team, I don't want to say is desperate, but like what team is willing to give him a second chance. Um, and if so, who, who, who needs this kind of role player, um, to make the best of their team. So, um, I feel like it's going to, it's going to be a game that's going to be played, you know, obviously going into next year. so. Um, I don't think that's going to stop Sinatra from playing whatever game he wants to play, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if uh, esports teams will give him a second chance because of um, everything that surrounds his name.
0: So, we'll update you if anything happens on that front. It's uh, it's just really sad to see like he he went from such i guess a, a positive figure in esports to to now this it's like it, it keeps happening to people who are like reaching some level of prominence and then you find out oh they they did stuff like this happened to like to move too. like when he the his stuff came out like he was starting to like actually play he was getting some like good coverage good plays and then boom oh you did stuff goodbye so I think I think esports yeah I think esports as a, a whole needs a a culture change and just sports in general it's not just esports that this t- kind of stuff happens
1: yeah it I feel like this really leans into cancel culture as as a whole but um I remember watching this thing with um I think it was Anna Khan who was talking about it but um when it comes to like canceling somebody you don't give them the opportunity to learn from their mistakes um, a lot of people just cancel them and just say like okay that's it you what you did was wrong and it will forever be with you um, but if you have somebody who um, like went through something that was that was bad they understand it and are willing to give you that kind of like how can I say it is willing to tell you the reason why that is wrong. I feel like they, they deserve to be listened to, or at least deserve the chance to be heard. So, um, I mean, one of the biggest examples that they had was like, uh, there was a guy who was a part of, um, a white hate group a while ago, but he learned how to stop, you know, being with that. And the reason why he fell into the trap in the first place, um, but he's willing to now talk about it. But everybody who sees him on social media still thinks that he's a part of that because he's done that in the past. Um, But he's saying it's important that we have to learn from, you know, your mistakes and be willing to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Like there's another guy like um, on Twitter who got really famous for our, uh, an exchange she had with the actor, Sarah Silverman. He, he he was, very heavily into the republican culture he was very much um part of trump's like core support base and after he like he started calling out um sarah silverman for some stuff and like she took the time to talk to him and like she actually was able to like get him to see things from her perspective and now he's like one of the the most vocal liberals out there so um yeah i I do agree with that that i feel like there are some people like there are some people who you definitely cannot forgive like i would say uh weinstein can't can't i would n- never consider him worthy of redemption just for how insidious his stuff was Uh, i don't think kevin spacey's ever shown any remorse for anything he's done so people like that um i i don't think deserve the second shot but there's there's other people out there i think who maybe didn't i don't want to excuse Sinatra for this but I feel like maybe because of his youth and and how much power and influence he was given at such a young age like maybe that has something to do with his conduct and maybe that is something that like if he grows up from being a kid and actually has to face some consequences maybe there is there's part of him that can reform to that um, but like like to what you said I think while i do agree that some people need to be taken out of the spotlight for for what they've done you look at people in like the kkk in the south who are reformed just because like there are people who are willing to like give them a chance and say hey this is why you're wrong let me teach you so um i hope sinatra can be one of them because i i mean like it it just sucks to see someone that so many people in this space looked up to be be pretty much shut out of it for for things that he's done that maybe he can learn from are we done with the sad news for now i think all the rest is happy stuff okay so on to happy stuff um the anniversary event is back we are at five years of overwatch how does it feel kevin to have devoted five years of your life to this game you overwatch
1: is now a five-year-old kid uh they're just starting they're just starting kindergarten they're done themselves. Uh they could ask the teacher to go to the bathroom. Uh that that is where we're at with Overwatch. Uh so yeah. Uh congrats to people who were playing it since beta in first year. I guess this is a five year old now. Um I don't, I don't know what to how to feel about this. Like it feels like the game has been out for a long time. And I feel like five years is a long time for a game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it's kind of it's kind of weird. Uh, we knew that we we don't know if it's going to be here for, you know, six, if it's going to be overwatch or if we're actually going to get overwatch two and more stuff later down the line. But yeah, it's been um, it's been quite a journey. I, I'd say my life has definitely changed uh, since overwatch came out and without overwatch, I probably wouldn't be you know on this podcast i probably wouldn't have the opportunities of casting or anything like that i wouldn't have met a lot of my friends without overwatch so i'm I'm grateful that i you know played it for this long but at the same time like it, it, it it's a small child now we have to take care of it or else it's gonna it's gonna accidentally get a fork stuck in an <laughs> electrical socket
0: it's gonna choke on
1: its chicken nuggets Yeah, and I'm I'm not gonna help it. I'm just gonna eat the rest of his chicken nuggets.
0: (laughs) I see this is like Overwatch is the game I've played the longest. Like there are games that I'll occasionally go back to, but like I won't consistently play them. Like I played I didn't play Overwatch during beta, but I played it like within the month that it came out. So for me, like sticking with the game this long is is a milestone because usually I've been I usually play like single player games or story games. So um yeah, this this is a milestone for me, and like definitely, I would not have been into the the podcasting space if not for this. If I would not have had this show with Kevin, I would not have had a lot of of things. So my life definitely changed because of Overwatch, and it's kind of weird to think like your life is changed because you played a video game, you know?
1: Yeah, it. A lot of people won't admit it, but like games have really brought a lot of us more together than apart and it it is something that you know i feel like our generation is going to understand but the future like the older people don't quite get it still
0: yeah yeah like the older people still don't kind of accept esports as a career like i mean like how long did it take your parents to fully understand like oh our kid's making money and this is what he's doing with his life and he's actually getting gigs and stuff uh, yeah, it, I think it wasn't until I slapped my first paycheck in their face
1: <laughs> that they were like, oh, okay. Uh, like even, or I feel like the big one that really got their attention was when I flew to Atlanta. Ooh. Um, I had, I was invited by a certain group to, it, it was to cast Overwatch 1v1s for an a ungodly amount of time. Uh. It was three days, eight hours each. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it,
0: it was not it was not easy. 24 hours. That's a whole day of that's a whole 24 hours of, of casting overwatch, my friend. Yeah.
1: And it wasn't like. I, I had to constantly talk for eight hours and then like after the eight hours on like day two, like I essentially had no voice. Um, I, I had to use a, I, I was playing charades with my roommate. <laughs> so you could
0: understand what the hell I was saying how did it feel when you got when you got that first call to like get sent out to travel I'm like also what was your first like professional gig casting
1: so most of my gigs came through the school that I went to i went to the academy of art um in san francisco and during my last i guess last year last semester literally my last semester of school um I went to I was taking sports casting. I was taking a sports casting elective class. And I asked my teacher, I was like, hey, do you think this could be applied to esports? And he's like, what is that? Right. And <laughs> I was like, oh, um, it's this. And so I showed him like a clip of, you know, esports commentary and stuff going on. And he's like, Yeah, you could clearly apply that. And then the head of communications had his her son was like the was like the the product manager of 100 Thieves and went out to um, went out to an LCS in L.A. Um, and she's like, this has a full scale production. They have like a stage. They had like VFX and players. It was like a whole event. And like she's like, why are there? there there's like millions of dollars in this industry and we're not even tapping into it. And so literally the last semester that they they essentially kind of brought everything together, they were like, I I already have my diploma in hand. I was like, I'm done, <laughs> right? And they're like, but would you be willing to help us like kind of bring this esports scene, um, the production half to the school? And we're like, yeah, sure. I don't. I don't mind doing that. I, they're like, would you be willing to take extra classes and see how it goes? And I'm like, uh, I guess maybe, maybe in a bit. And so,
0: uh, did you have to pay take for a, your extra classes?
1: I did. No. It was kind of Yeah, it was kind of whack. But, oh,
0: they. I feel like they they semi scammed you then.
1: Yeah, but I feel like it was a better thing for me because like I did learn more about the production half in that manner. Um, and then without me taking that class, I wouldn't have met half the people who run, run the productions right now. So it was like I was able to meet Mushu and like V-Flight and I go way back um, before any of us wanted to get into esports as a career. Um, so when we actually got into it as a full career, we were saying like there's a lot of things that we definitely want to like take away from it we want to we want to learn things from this so um yeah he ended up doing you know uh observing he's currently in iceland he just took a picture of himself in front of a volcano uh did he go to the museum i i'm I'm waiting for pictures i I told him go to the museum and he's like i will send you dongs and i'm like (laughs) all right and it's like just as long as it's not your dong i think i'll be okay Uh so I'm I'm just waiting on waiting on those to see if he goes there. But he's saying, yeah, it's he's going, he's traveling to places, and yeah, it's really interesting to know how much like really boomed and blossomed from this. So um it's really interesting.
0: Yeah, and I mean like I believe the figure is that in 2021, like the industry of esports is set to make like a billion dollars this year so it's uh if that's not proof that this industry is is thriving and growing like I don't I don't know what people are asking for because that's a pretty good measure of success right there
1: yeah it, it just shows like how important community is um in in these kinds of games so I mean there's a lot of people who you know you wouldn't have met otherwise unless it was for esports and for gaming culture in general so i'm really grateful for everybody who i've met and yeah it's it's been a been a great experience overall
0: it's also like really cool to like just be randomly like to randomly figure out that someone you know is like into the same game and stuff as you are and like that's happened with me at overwatch a lot of times so it's really fun to have that kind of surprise community, you know? Yeah. That, and if,
1: you know, things start overlapping, um, and then you start having gamer call outs and things that are a lot of fun to, to break down, you know, like, I, I guess the, the coolest one that used to happen is, um, what is it? We used to run basketball plays based off of overwatch calls. <laughs> uh, like if we wanted to cut back door we just say flank instead uh like just little little gamer terms that end up leaking through to your real life games um you know that it's just a matter of time before that becomes a call out
0: so anyway we are now on the 5th year of Overwatch as we've said and this anniversary event is running from May 18th to June 8th um We now have new skins to unlock and there are um, all of the other previous skins are available to purchase if you have the coins for it. Um, And then they're bringing back all like the events and then the brawls. So um, the new skins this year are the Black Cat Sombra, the Funky Baptiste, the Gladiator Doomfist, the Junk Food Junkrat who looks like King Candy, um, Venus Moira, Eight Ball Hammond, Bird of Paradise Echo um, and then the Cybermedic Anna. So the three skins that you can earn by playing this year are the uh, Cybermedic Anna, the Bird of Paradise Echo, and the 8-Ball Wrecking Ball. Um, and, and something new this year though is, uh, and people were making jokes about this, it's like, wow, Aaron, you, the, you come in and the first thing you do is this, we want Papa Jeff back um but instead of winning 9 games now you have to uh play you have to play 27 games if you win you get double the the points towards that so technically if you win all of your games you just have to do 14 so um i don't know how i feel about that because on one hand like on its face it looks like a lot more like if you just won 9 games straight then like you already had your your skin and everything for the weekend you were done but if you were having trouble with your games like if you just wanted to like do everything on hard mode for all of the um the events or like you're just getting into really really bad games like at, at this point you're still earning credit for your wins but it's like it's 27 feels like a lot yeah but that's
1: 27 for losers <laughs> Just kidding! <laughs> um, wow, I actually hurt. had that I had hurt. a really hard time, honestly, getting the last skin, like the the Roadhog skin from the Patch Mario event. I actually had a really tough time uh, doing because it. I know that Overwatch is a team game, and it requires you to have teammates and players who can play with you. And when you're a solo queue, going into constant like five stacks. It makes it very difficult for anything to get done. Um, and yeah, I remember playing the Roadhog event. I lost like 10 in a row, and I was like, Yeah, I'm done. Like, I can't <laughs> oh, no, I cannot get this skin. Like, I completely gave up on it. And I'm kind of glad they're doing this. It the the downside is like if you were a binge player like me, where you would just go in, get your six stack, roll nine games quick, and get out. Um You can't do that anymore. You can't do that like last day procrastination thing anymore. Um, you actually have to play it over the course of time. And, um, but the thing that is better, I do think that winning counts as two and you know, losing counts as one is really helpful. Um, because it it just makes it easier for players who have had a tough time playing to actually get something going their way. Um, and yeah it's it is gonna take a lot longer um what I have wished it was uh if it was an evener number I mean this is just me personally if it was I I don't I don't like 27 I don't like the number 27 <laughs> uh I would have been okay if they said okay you lose it has to be a minimum of like 20 games right um Yeah, make it a minute, make it 20 games to lose, right? Total. And make it like you have to, if you win 10, right? Because that's closer to the original number, right? Yeah. And it also incentivizes, you know, winning them. And I understand, like, oh, wait, but that's not a multiple of, that's not a multiple of three. How are you supposed to divide that up? And then I'm like, fine, make it 30. Like, you could do 30 lost games and like 15, but that just expands the timeline by one game. So, um by by one win i guess it it just takes a lot longer to really get everything done so um yeah i just hope that like if you have a queue partner if you have a five stack uh let us know i don't want to get rolled every single time just tell me when you're queuing so i don't queue into you what are your thoughts on the skins oh i uh yes um I don't know when we, uh, we got the rights to Batman villains. <laughs> That's one. Um, but I am really digging the funky Baptiste. Like, we were discussing it when it first came out. There was like an announcement trailer for the funky skin. And I was telling everybody, I was like, yo, like, Baptiste is out here, like, really messing things up. And the one thing that all my game design friends said is, like, they really missed an opportunity to make the immortality field a disco ball and i would have been like oh that that would have just been like the cherry on top if they did it um but otherwise they're like this skin looks really sick like they're they're ready to they're ready to throw down in there so um yeah i i do like the funky skin personally i think that it's it's a very cool skin just wish you added that little bit it would have been that much better everybody would have been shelling out money you know but yeah, it, it'd be like that.
0: People are hating on the Junkrat one because they say, like, people are like, I looked at the Junkrat skin and now I have diabetes. And, like, I like it. It reminds me of King Candy from uh, Wreck-It Ralph. I think it's funny and, like, it's it's a little bit outrageous, but I feel like it fits Junkrat. He is an outrageous individual. Um, but I did open my, my free loot box yesterday and I got the Gladiator um, Doomfist skin, which I think is so cool. I think that one's super sick. But as to the uh, to the Batman villains thing that Kevin was talking about, they, like, if you look at them, Somber looks like Catwoman. Moira looks like Poison Ivy. And then if you, like, look through all the other skins, like, you can kind of assemble a Batman villain montage out of them, like, uh, the cold heart, Reinhardt is Mr. Freeze. Uh, May in her penguin suit is obviously Penguin. You could... I mean, this is doubling down on the Junkrat stuff, but you have Scarecrow and you also have Joker for him. Doomfist, you have, like, the Doomfish skin, so he could be, like, Killer Croc or, like, King Shark or whatever. But then, like, well, me and Kevin were talking about this before we started recording, but, like, at this point, who becomes Batman?
1: Uh, Yeah, we we were discussing this quite a bit because moves-wise, Reaper fits really and well just
0: look wise too
1: yeah you just give him kind of like a, a bat cape um and i'm like dang then who becomes commissioner gordon that is a real question Just like do you put do you make soldier 76 you know i feel like uh, anna fits that though yeah anna you could you could also kind of do like a rogue like mccree potentially uh oh, i did not even
0: consider mccree
1: it's kind of a it, it would be really interesting to see how far they go with this. Um, but a couple of other skins, remember like this is the anniversary event. So all the anniversary skins are back as well. Um, so if you're looking at like Academy Diva again, uh, Sentai Genji is back in the pool, which is really important. Jazzy, uh, you have Jazzy Lucio is back. So there's a lot that if you missed out on the last year, make sure that you, you can grab them now. Um, so yeah, you could have funky and jazzy uh, support line and <laughs> just music, everything.
0: Yeah. It, it'd be really cool. They're changing the events every day. Like for right now, um, first three days have been Halloween terror. Next is winter wonderland. Um, I'm just, uh, Lucio ball. I know I don't have to play Lucio ball, but I feel, I feel it would not be complete if I didn't complain about it, but Lucio ball, my God. <laughs> anyway, um, Let's see. Uh, do you think do you think that the Batman thing was just a coincidental thing or do you think that they were actually going for that that motif and just hope that we'd understand it?
1: Uh, I just hope that Warner Brothers doesn't crack down on it. <laughs> like, uh, I I do think that like aesthetically it looks like it fits. So, I mean, I think making nods to other franchises is good as long as it's not like a straight like, you know, one for one. uh hmm. So, I mean, we saw that in Heroes of the Storm a long time ago. Um, back when you know it was still in development. Like one of the ones that I still, I still really want is like I want an Evangelion color scheme for Diva. Um, she had it in, she had it in Heroes of the Storm. If that ever comes over
0: to to uh, Overwatch, I'm I'm gonna buy that instantly. That's another thing to celebrate the 5th anniversary Heroes of the Storm which I keep I keep forgetting that people still play the game. Um, but Heroes of the Storm now has Overwatch actually themed skins so um who did they pull in? I know they pulled in Soldier 76, they pulled in a right Tracer, skin, Tracer, they have a Roadhog skin now. Yeah. Uh Genji's an actual character, Tracer's an actual character, is an actual character, Ana's uh, an
1: actual character.
0: But another, but the, the thing that people were complaining about is like, okay, so you're bringing in Overwatch skins to Hero of the Heroes of the Storm, but you're not going to pull the Heroes of the Storm skins into Overwatch. And like, I don't play the game anymore, but they have really, really good skins for those characters. So another thing that is coming up is we have the PVP showcase coming out on Thursday, which I guess is is tomorrow. Um, so we'll break that down next week. But they're also doing a Reddit AMA coming up for with the dev, with the developers. Um, one thing that they're doing on Twitter is they they allowed us to ask some questions. What we'd hopefully like them to answer during the actual stream. Uh, I submitted a question. Mine was for the PvP side. How are you going to balance it so that? Um, if there are leavers or griefers or, or smurfs, how, and they ruin the game or they leave the game. um, How are you going to make it fair for the players who are are trying to play it normally? That doesn't punish them for losing a game that they really had no control over. And is there possibly a way to do that at all? Or are you just going to have to kind of suck it up?
1: Yeah. And another thing that like, I don't, I don't know if there's a way to ask this well enough, but it was, um, how is there gonna be any, um, DC like disconnect, uh, like grievances? Cause mm-hmm. like I remember like accidentally DCing out of a game or like my internet crashed and like I lose 50 SR and I'm just like, oh, okay, well, that was bad. Uh, but at the same time, like I didn't instantly re queue, I like stopped for the night and I'm like, yeah, I'm done. But, um, I know that other players just try to like re queue in and they just they start racking those up. Um, if there was a way how you know you can slow that down or just say, like, um, I know that in Valorant, there's a way how, like, if a person DCs within the before the first round or after the second round, um, or after the first round, if there's a disconnect in round one, you can ask the client to be remade to ask the game to be remade. Um, and it will re-queue it and find another person to fill in that slot. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's only round one. It doesn't change a lot. But it's it's something that, like, if you do load in with a disadvantage, you have the option to to ask for a remake.
0: My internet right now is relatively stable. But one thing that my PlayStation does, and I, I have tried so many times to fix this, I don't know if I ever will, but, like, my PS4 will spit out the disc. So I'll be trying to play, and then I can't anymore because this the, the PS4 just doesn't want to do it. So I lose SR, which is part of the reason why I don't like playing comp anymore is because am I just going to tank because my PS4 is having a pouty day? So that should be something really interesting to look into. Um, what are some other things that, like, potentially they could address or fix in, in Overwatch 2 that they might address in the stream because that's my that was my biggest thing is is the griefers and the levers and then you brought up the the dc thing which i completely forgot about
1: yeah there's gonna be a lot of questions and i hope that none of them have to do with eyes um i i just hope that we actually have you know a good honest conversation about you know overwatch 2 um what gameplay things that they're going to add um if anything is going to change um, going especially format wise, because like we've definitely discussed that thing of like if there is one tank, what changes? Um, and if we do have that, if, if there's going to be, you know, changes down the line. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's going to be really
0: interesting uh, to learn about all that. And then finally on my list is the June joust is finally starting next week. Why did I even say finally? It's only been a week. Um, but yeah, the June joust is starting. We are on our second tournament of the Overwatch League. Um, they did make some changes. So uh, we have tiebreaker changes. Uh, they introduced the hero pool and they have placed in a patch and map pool. So here are the changes for the tiebreaker. Um they're making one minor change to the qualification rules, adding a strength of schedule tiebreaker to further mitigate against the possibility of needing to play an additional tiebreaker match. Um, here are the new tiebreaker or here are the new tournament cycle tiebreakers Postseason tiebreakers remain the same and can be are on their standing page. Um, so they're going to look at map differential. They're going to look at the head to head records in qualifying matches for ties among three or more teams. This step is only applied if there is a head to head sweep i.e. if one team has defeated each of the others or lost to each of the others. Uh, league points of all opponents within the tournament cycle, the team with the most opponents' league difficulty points will qualify. So I feel that that's going into the, um, uh, the power matching, I guess, thing that we were talking about last week or like the strength of that pool. Um, the map differential of all opponents within the tournament cycle, the team with the highest opponents' map differential will qualify. And if a tie between two or more teams remains... The postseason tiebreakers will be applied. So this is just going to make it, I guess, so that we have less matches to watch and I guess less for them to cast. Um, So we now have a new hero pool. So for this tournament, the out-of-rotation heroes are going to be Tracer, Sombra, Reinhardt, and Zenyatta. And they only picked heroes that were played regularly, so that meant 10% or more pick rate. And then no hero can be removed more than once during the season, which I believe is a change over last year. Is that correct? That we had some heroes banned multiple times,
1: right? Yeah, we used to have weekly hero pools. So this is now just like for the entire
0: like month. Yeah. Um, and so when when these came out, um I looked at it and I'm like, "Oh, they just they just took out Dante completely now, didn't they?" And then Dante tweeted like, "No, wait, no, this is actually a buff. Like now I'm not stuck in May hell." So um considering how dominant Tracer and Sombra were for like a lot of the the winning teams, it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes. I feel like the Reinhardt pick was not what I was expecting to see. I felt like it would have been more like a Zarya or a Winston, considering how important like dive and double bubble were. Um, and then the Zen was also confusing to me. I think it was, do you think it was random or they actually like went and picked?
1: I, I don't know about the, the Zen oh, it was, was randomly selected. Yeah. It's unfortunate that, you know, the the guy with no lore also gets no playtime. Uh, but that's, that's just how it is. Um, but yeah, this at first, yeah, I was thinking about Dante. I was like, oh, man, dude, he's going to he's not going to have a season. And I was like, oh, no, he, he's fine. He's fine. He's going to be able to play a, a bunch of other things. He's going to be able to show his flexibility. Um, I mean,
0: he has the echo.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, there's going to be a lot of really interesting pickups this time around. And then the other thing is like, you know, uh, super is definitely going to the bench. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, Super Genji. Uh, no Super Genji. We bought uh, this is the reason why we brought Tayo. Uh so yeah, this is going to be really really funny to watch. Um let's see if we get super on the on the desk instead. Um, but honestly, these uh these rotation heroes just kind of it, it screams kind of like a pseudo dive to me. It's like hey, you could still go like Winston Genji um mm-hmm. And and still have like kind of the same potential like rush ability there, but um, I mean, you know that really, you have pretty, to now pretty deal pretty with. Effectively,
0: it. even with the dive.
1: Yeah, so it's gonna be really interesting to see how teams um, adjust to this. But they they're kind of used to it. We're kind of used to it. So um, and it's only for a month. So I guess it it's only for the tournament cycle. So if anything, I feel like teams are gonna be looking at this and being like, okay, maybe not this rotation through but the next one we're definitely like what they're thinking about for you know the future uh or like the next out of rotation heroes you know
0: yeah um one big thing on twitter was a lot of we i pointed it out i think last week was like i felt that the meta was in a safe place like there was still a lot of variety um you didn't like even though like double bubble Was played a lot, Rush was played a lot. I think those are the two predominant, um, metas that were run. Like people were still pulling out weird things. I think every hero got at least played once. Um, but uh, ZP tweeted out something. I think it was ZP who said, like, yeah, the meta might have looked good for this little bit, but if we don't institute this now, we'd have to institute it later. And and that just leaves more potential for things to go wrong with this season. So by putting it in now, um, we're actually making sure that the season stays in um, a healthy state as in regards to meta. um, What do you think of that? Do, Do you think that it was a good time for them to do it? Do you think it was necessary? I still don't think it was necessary.
1: Yeah. I'm in this very weird like state of being like, is it, was it worth it for this, for this block, you know, like by, by creating hero pools, you do force them to play something that's not their comfort, but at the same time, it does create an imbalance in the league um, at some point. Um, but at least it's not like, I remember when hero pools were like every week. Right. And that threw a lot of teams off because it's like, okay, we have to learn how to play against this. We have to learn how to do this. Uh, like this week is completely different from last week. And if our matchup this week is not good, then we just lose it. So um, I'm glad that it's for like a whole section. Um, it should make it a lot more uniform over the course of, you know, this, this play time.
0: And so w- one last thing is that the patch and map pool The patch that they're bringing in is the most recent patch, I believe, where with the Baptiste, Diva, Echo, Moira, Arisa, Reinhardt, Roadhog, and Sombra changes. So I think this is the patch where it nursed the um, the limit of the healing of the immortality pool for Baptiste's immortality field, and the Diva got the uh, the drop. Echo only gets up to where she was in health before she duplicated. So I feel that that's really going to impact how Echo is played, considering how dominant she was with the duplication. Um, Baptiste and Diva also, I think, were really big here. The other heroes, I don't think as much. Um, and then our, our control maps for this season, or the control maps for this tournament are going to be Ilios, Oasis, Busan, Nepal, Lijong, Escort are going to be Junkertown, Rialto, Dorado. Assault, Anubis, Hanamura, and Volskaya. And Hybrid are Hollywood. Eichenwald, and Numbani. I hope that we we get a little bit more detail
1: into the way how teams are going to be approaching this. Um, I, I I'm sad to see Super getting benched for four weeks, but you know that's sometimes the way how it goes. Uh but yeah, it's going to be really interesting uh, looking ahead at the schedule uh, as we're looking at week six, I believe, um, since week five was. Uh, the break week, week six. The there's a couple of like really big headlining matches that I, I want to highlight. Um, I'm not going to be awake for this, but uh, the New York Excelsior versus the Philadelphia Fusion match. Um, you have you know, I think it was Jonak and someone else, they just did like a recent photo shoot of them going head to head. Um, let me let me check. I think somebody posted it in Overwatch. Um, the oh yeah, um Carpe and uh Jonak have been going back and forth um a little bit online, which is really fun. Um they're saying like what uh I think Carpe put out like what does New York Excelsior have besides Jonak, right? Like there's nothing else for us to fear. And then Jonak is like uh you may have experience, but we have like the latest talent. So uh-huh. I, I'm I'm willing to see that match go head to head. Um Oh, uh another thing that just came up. The Houston Outlaws were able to pick up uh Dreamer. That was another thing. Uh they they announced that two two and a half hours ago. Uh they picked up Dreamer from that dis- disassembled uh LA Valiant uh LA Valiant team that used to be in NA. So um yeah, they they, they picked him up. Uh to to help out I guess but they have a they have a good matchup against the rain um yeah Shanghai Shanghai has two matches one against the the hunters and another against the spark um Philly also plays the hunters this week too so I feel like a lot of the highlights um oh and then you know Florida Mayhem versus the Outlaws as well on Sunday so there's a couple of just a couple of matches that you want to look forward to Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to so um, we'll see how the teams match up over the course of this week
0: alrighty then guys thanks for tuning in this week hope you enjoy the next week of games we'll get into them as well as other news from Overwatch in the next week hope y'all are doing okay Um, yeah see you next week adios
1: Get into the first week of the June Joust and bring you more gaming in Overwatch news
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at believeinowl. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.